What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Kilo Loco. And this is Iman Harut. And welcome back to the Code Passionately podcast, where production values go up every single week, and we talk about all kinds of uh, different mobile topics for mobile developers. So <laughs> what is going on, Iman? Not much, man. I've been uh, not my greatest week. Uh, my sleep's been off and everything's been off. So you're probably having a better week than me. What about you, man? How's everything with you? Well, my weekend was pretty good. You know, just got to got time to relax, spend a little bit of time with the family. Can never beat that. And yeah, just uh, no technical difficulties today. That was really happy. But I did have to wait for you to strap in and get all your stuff uh-huh. all set up because you're trying uh-huh. to you're trying to get it on this level. I see. Hey, dude, look, look at what I got you. OK, <laughs> you can't you can't complain. You're right. I can't. I can't. You're right. I'm loving it. We're, we're, we're on the way up. We're, we're going to the major leagues right now. All right. So we what is our topic today? Today, we're going to talk about marketing yourself as a developer. Yep. Yep. So yep. I could talk. I could talk all day about this. I could talk all day about this because there's so much there's so much to it. But we're going to be covering some of the most important points, um, something that we both have experience doing and something that we believe is probably one of the most crucial things that you need to do in order to propel your development career. So, so far forward, so much faster. Yeah, yeah, we could honestly write a book on this. Books have been written on this. So we'll, we'll try to keep it more uh, brief and, uh, you know, t- touch on all the main things that we have experience with. Uh, first one being usually is what is marketing yourself as a developer? What's the goal? What are some ways of doing it? So marketing, like in any field, uh, marketing is just getting someone to perceive something a certain way. In this case, it's you know, you as the developer trying to make people see you as being skilled, being the expert, being someone who's reliable, all those qualities you want so you can get jobs, get contracts, get whatever you want out of uh, development. Basically, so, you want people to think that you're a rock star and you know what you're doing, even if you even if you don't know exactly what you're doing, which, uh, you know, just just a little bit just a little bit of something that you need to keep in mind. A lot of people actually don't know what they're doing in the field. We're all just trying to figure it out together. And that's one thing that you really need to understand is that you may join a team where it looks like everybody got their stuff together. And it really is just the illusion of knowing that like uh, the illusion showing that, Hey, I think I know what I'm doing, but in reality, um, you know, facing that developer or what is it called? Well, the the imposter, imposter syndrome, syndrome. facing yeah. imposter syndrome everybody's like i don't know you know i'm doing my best and that's all i can do so just keep that in mind it's all about perception <laughs> is that why you're wearing sunglasses today that is why so so the perception <laughs> here is that you know I'm, I'm i'm cooler than your average developer i mean i got the the disney dad shirt on i got the green screen in the background mine is cooler than yours because mine goes up faster it doesn't flip over or anything like that so that <laughs> that's it, it, it's 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 funny i feel like it's affecting you like you have like a skip in your step because you have the sunglasses on so that's i like that's it i like is. kilo with sunglasses yeah kilo with sunglasses uh, so- hashtag kilo with sunglasses Hashtag kilo with sunglasses. So why is marketing important? And uh, this this might may seem like common sense, but I don't think it is. 
a lot of people are under the impression that if they become the best and most skilled developer, then they will see success. And that's not true. So just like you could have the world's most talented doctor, you probably don't know who that is. It's the doctor that markets themselves out to the world and is perceived to be the most, uh, you know, good doctor that gets a lot of the business, right? So don't, don't make that mistake of just like getting stuck in learning mode forever. You also have to let others know, you know, your stuff. So that's why marketing is important. You, you literally make zero dollars if you don't focus on this. So yeah, this is actually marketing yourself is just like marketing any other product in the world. And you have to keep that in mind whenever you see like whenever you're you're in the thought process of like, oh, how did that thing become popular? It's so dumb. Or how how did something so simple become like so popular and used by everybody? It all came down to the marketing and arguably like in my personal opinion, I feel that marketing is more important than the product itself it's like actually the most important part around the product because without anybody knowing about your product nobody's going to be able to use your product because they don't know about it right it could be it could be crap right but if if people know about it at least they can give it a shot but if it's amazing but nobody knows about it how can they give it a shot yeah yeah so you everyone needs to think of every product needs like a message and so do you for yourself. Like when, you, when you're meeting people, you need to put your best foot forward and you really need to think about what perception you want to give people. In this case, we kind of already touched on it. You want people to know you're competent, that they can trust you to build your app, that you won't just throw something together, that you'll actually code it really well and it'll be maintainable. So all those things, just think about like what you want people to know about you and then you that could influence everything you do when you're marketing so let's talk and, a little bit about how to market yourself yeah go ahead oh and 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 before we get into how to market yourself you also need to keep in mind that you are marketing yourself whether you actively do it or not right so what i mean by that is you are putting out there to the world who you are and what you are and how great of a developer you are whether you're actively doing it by following some of the tips that we're about to mention or by not doing those things. And you, like everybody's going to have a perception on you that knows you. And if you can have more control over that perception, then you're probably going to end up bet like better off than somebody that is not controlling that perception. So just another point before we get into our next, our next thing. So go ahead take it away. Email. Exactly. So these are a bunch of ways to market yourself uh, the first one, we kind of already had a whole episode dedicated on this, but it's just networking. So I'll, I'll just briefly cover that. Uh, in person, you can network with people. You're you're presenting yourself there. Meetups, hackathons, conferences. You could also do like networking online. So Twitter is a very good place to do networking online. LinkedIn is another one. You could yeah, also we covered we covered so many different ways to go into networking in our last video. Make sure or our last episode. Make sure you check that out. Eman gave his story on how he got where he's at. I gave my story on how I got where I'm at, and we both attribute it majorly to networking. So definitely go back and check that out. Definitely, and uh, online there's also LinkedIn, Reddit, Stack Overflow. Stack Overflow is a little bit more. You know, it's it's more meant to answer questions, but you start seeing the same people pop up. In a way, it's kind of like you you market yourself there, even though you're not networking really. 
So besides that, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, content creation because I think this is one highly popular way of marketing yourself, and a lot of people do it, uh, including both of us. So this can be starting a blog where you write articles, videos like on a YouTube channel, a podcast like the one you're listening to. <laughs> so uh, talk talk a little bit about that, Kyle, since you already have experience with a few of these. Yeah, content creation. I've actually touched everything that we've uh, mentioned here. And I, I, I would say that they are for different pe- different types of people, right? Like each, each platform or medium that you go through could be for a different type of person. And I think that everybody should be doing it. You just have to choose the one that you're most comfortable with. So um, articles, videos, or podcasts, right? And Let's talk about first the the ease of breaking into any of these, right? Um, I I would say like all three of them are easy to break into. Like you don't necessarily have any barriers of doing any of the three, right? You could get you could get articles on a website, whether that be through uh, WordPress or if you build your own website, videos through YouTube, right? Um, pretty simple, pretty straightforward. Podcasts. Um, not a sponsor, but this is what we use. Anchor.fm allows you to do everything for free. Um, so you could break into th- any of these mediums uh, easy and free of charge. Now, in terms of what I think is the most um, difficult, in terms of difficulty, I would say podcast is actually the easiest because you can just, you know, hang out with a friend like Eman and ramble your thoughts and your past experiences and people will listen to it. Um, you can uh, start writing articles or you can start doing videos and and articles and videos are uh, both hard. And I think it depends on the type of person, which is going to actually be harder. So for me, it's a little bit harder for me to write articles um, to focus on my grammar and things like that. I'm, um, you know, a little bit easier on videos. You know, I could go in, I could just talk about something, record it, upload it and I'm good, but some people don't feel comfortable on camera. So that's when something like articles or podcast or articles or podcasts come in and it, and it becomes a little bit easier for some other people. Um, but regardless of what format you choose, you definitely want to be making some type of content, something that's going to help others and document your, your journey as a developer, because even if nobody's watching or listening right now, um, it's out there in the world and it's something that you can point back to. It's a it's a body of work that you can point back to to say, here's my experience. And um, this is proof that shows I know what I'm doing. Nice. That's beautifully said. I don't think I have anything to add to it. Uh, I, I would agree with the order you place them in, like from easiest to hardest. Writing can be a lot harder than it looks, but it would be a good avenue for someone who doesn't want to maybe be in front of a camera or be in front of a microphone. So I I think writing shines a little bit in that regard. Podcasting is probably the easiest. Whatever you do, just make sure you put your heart into it because the goal of content creation is to uh, inspire and teach others. And if you're able to do that, you'll start seeing people online just like sharing your stuff because it almost markets itself. So do put out quality content and quality content you get rewarded with uh, due attention. And another thing that I'll say is do not break the bank with whatever you choose. Whatever Any of these avenues that you choose, you should be able to pursue them with whatever you have 
right now at your disposal right this second. You should not have to spend money on anything, whether it be a podcast, a, um, a, like a YouTube channel for videos or articles. I don't, I don't really know what you would pay for, but don't spend any money until you feel com- like more comfortable with what you're doing. Um, there's no need to break the bank and feel like, oh, I can't do this because I don't have, you know, X hardware or X software or whatever. Yeah. And uh, another tip is to expect to suck initially. Like it's okay if your writing isn't great or if your first videos aren't great. The, the fact that you're starting, you'll get so much better and learn as you go. And th- that is the key right there. You need to be comfortable with not being the best at it some some of my oldest articles i look at i'm like oh my gosh like it was so like confusing and the way i presented things but i i got better over time and that's how you get better it's by practicing poorly right yeah and if you put sunglasses on you're automatically two times better so try that out too all right go there you go there you go (laughs) (laughs) i love it that's what i like to hear So the second way is just building a mailing list and sending out a newsletter. So, and this is, this is also, it's it's not like a second way though, but it's not a second way. It's more of like, um, like after effect or a result of doing one of the previous, right? So it's like do articles, videos, or podcasts. And then what you want to do is build a mailing list while you're doing that. Um, because it will allow you to do well, some of the things that Eman's about, about to talk about, but it, it it's something that's that's done with, not like as opposed to. Yeah, this is like, especially the earlier you start doing this, let's say you've been writing articles for a while and then you want to start a mailing list. Don't start too late because uh, by then you would have missed out on all the audience you could have gained from having that in the beginning. But the benefit of having a mailing list is it's basically a direct line between you and your listeners and your audience. And that's extremely valuable because obviously like anything else you do might be, you know, taken away from you. Your YouTube account might get hacked, your whatever, you know, like any a million and one things can happen. And if you have your own mailing list, you kind of control, you're in control of that value you produced. You can always reach out and email your own audience that way. So that I think is extremely valuable when you're thinking of marketing yourself as a developer. Yeah, don't don't go too crazy about it right off the beginning. Um, it's more of an intermediate step, but it's something to be aware of. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll even say like, I don't have a mailing list. I, I ended up adding a way for people to contact me, but I never created a mailing list. It's just something I never even needed to get to for the goals I had with marketing myself, but for others, if, if you do pursue content creation hardcore, then it's a no-brainer. You might as well do it. it there, there are so many other benefits to it. Like you could give give like a free booklet to people in, in exchange for their email. You build that email list. You could do advertisements and sponsors on your newsletters. It, it just provides you and your audience with value. So it's a win-win uh, as long as you don't spam or sell their stuff, which obviously don't do. So the the next the next one is a professional website. So the goal of this website is basically to present yourself as the, the developer, as the developer. So you want everyone to know like what what technologies you focus on. If you've learned Jetpack with Android, then you know write that. Show off some of your work. 
you know, uh, tell them about like how many years of experience you've had, what, 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 what you're passionate about, all those things uh, together on a website and of course how to contact you as well. Yeah, one thing that I will say about having a professional website is that it is definitely great and you should have one, especially if you plan on becoming like a freelancer or something like that. Um, but you need to keep in mind that having a professional website is not going to automatically generate traffic for you if they don't know about you. Right. So once again, it goes back to that whole marketing thing. And um, I would say that it's more important to do the content creation thing than it is to actually have a professional website, because without people actually going to that website, then how are they going to ever see which, whatever you have listed there? Yeah, this is like a supporting piece. Like if you meet someone and you they want to find out more about you, it it's a lot better to have a website that kind of shows it rather than nothing at all. And this next one kind of ties into having a professional website, too. So it's just about having a portfolio of apps you've worked on. So this can be apps that you've worked on in out in the open, like open source on GitHub. It could be on your own professional website, like we just mentioned, or it could be like the App Store page on the App Store. So all of these are great ways to kind of just show that you know your stuff because here's the code, you know, like here's the What's, what's it? The pudding. The proof is in the pudding. You're, you're showing people that you've actually done the job before by doing this. Yeah. Um, so for portfolios, just like you said, it's 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 pretty similar to the professional website thing. Um, one thing that I will say is that, you know, there's a lot of ways to build up your portfolio and it really depends on what you are trying to achieve. And that's how you're going to build up your portfolio. I believe we're going to be talking about port building up portfolios, right? Like in, in a different episode, in an upcoming episode or something like that. But yeah, we can go really, we could, we could go really deep into like building up a portfolio because it's, it's very important no matter which stage of the game that you're in, you know, um, a beginner's portfolio is not going to look anything like a senior developer's portfolio. Um, there's just different, there's different things that you want to, um, you know, highlight about yourself in terms of, uh, skill set and being the right person for the job. But yeah, you always want to build up your portfolio, make sure that you have projects on display, showing off your skills, whatever those skills may be, whether they're in, you know, iOS, Android, whatever mobile platform, and then any other things that can show off your skills is, is obviously going to be great. Yeah, I used to have like a, a page on my website dedicated to just all the apps I've worked on. And uh, you could you could get creative with it too. You could have like app the app icons and when they click on it, they'll, it'll expand and show details about the app. Th this one's a little... The professional website's a little complicated because if if you're anything like me, I like controlling every little detail about things that reflect me. So, you know, you're going to have to learn HTML and CSS if you go down that route. Or you could just use like Squarespace or WordPress. And, you know, Squarespace is more beginner friendly. So th those are all options available to you. And as far as your portfolio goes, if you don't put it on your website, you could still host it in a lot of great places and just have people look at that. So either option's great. What do you think of having apps on the App Store when you're trying to still get your first job? Do you think that's a good bonus? Do you think it's a necessity? What are your feelings on that? So I want to say I ran a poll for this a long time ago, but 
just personal opinion here and from what I feel like I remember, I think that apps in the app store do reflect more positively on a candidate for an entry level role um, if they are available to download right there on the app store. Now, the misconception here is that just because it's on the app store that somebody's actually going to download it. I don't believe that will be the case no matter where you go. Um, they're most likely not going to download your app before they see you They're You're probably not going to download your app during the interview. Right. But just showing that you've gone through the, the steps of putting an app out on the app store represents something significant. It shows that you can follow through on your work that it's not just a little rinky dink project, but it was something that was good enough to bring into the real, like into the real world, into a real space. And your reputation is already out there on the line. Right. So it's kind of showing that, Hey, like I was willing to actually put this, this app out in the app store, got it done and finished. Right. And, you know, obviously you're not going to be able to get all the features into that app. Um, you know, that's, that's why we do, um, you know, iterate, iterative builds right you want to just get something out there on the app store mvp and build on top of it and um, i think what would actually reflect uh better for a candidate trying to apply for a position is seeing multiple versions of an app now like i said nobody's going to be downloading your app off the app store but it could be something that you point out when you um when you're going through the interviewing process of trying to get a job right if somebody's like, oh, tell me about a time when, you know, something broke in your app and you needed to fix it and you can point to a specific version or something like that and say, you know what? I received customer feedback on X and, you know, I realized that there was a, um, a fix for it with Y. So I implemented Y and now in this version, you can actually see that I addressed customer feedback. So if you could get some type of scenario like that going for yourself, I think it would really um, set you apart from the competition because it shows so many different skill sets in um, in like a relevant role for a, a mobile developer's position. Nice, right? Exactly. And I, I, I pretty much agree with everything you said. I think it's it's great to have. Uh, I, I didn't even think of like showing the progression over time. That's actually a great way to like catalog how things have improved. I've had a ton of code on GitHub that is like stuff out when I, when I first started learning. So it kind of looks dated and stuff like that. So it'd actually be pretty cool to have uh, something that kind of shows how far you've came and how you've improved. I would say that if you've already built apps, uh, put it on the App Store, you might as well, especially if you have a developer account. It, it it looks good. Some jobs will even say like in their job description, like you've released apps to the App Store. So having that, you know, on your thing is it just makes you look that much better. I would say, though, between everything amongst everything we've discussed today, I think that the first two we talked about, which is networking and content creation, are probably the most effective ones. So if you're going to be pursuing these, definitely focus on the first two. Networking, if you live in like a, a, a big city or if you could get to conferences and be consistent about it, or content creation, uh, you, you, you need to influence people's perception either by, you know, meeting with them face-to-face -face or by meeting with them digitally and whichever route you take just 
do one and and be consistent with it if you focus solely on content creation you will like actually do all the other ones anyway so if you become a content creator let's say you started writing blog articles that's i think that's like actually the easiest one to actually get going because you don't need anything any hardware other than the computer that you're using right um it's still tough on actually writing articles and stuff like that but in terms of just putting something down and getting it out there it's um relatively straightforward and like eman said use squarespace or wordpress or whatever to get it out there um but yeah if you do content creation what will happen is eventually you'll start gaining a following as long as you stay consistent in putting out work that is helpful to other people and then that will automatically lead to networking because now there's something for other people to comment on right so then you're networking and you're building these relationships with people that you would have never met otherwise um you're most likely going to end up with your own website because if you're if you're writing articles you need to have a website you just want to make sure that you spend some time um you know writing a little bit of information about what 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 it is that you actually do and how you can solve people's problems and why they should hire you and in regards to a portfolio i would say that the things the the articles that you put out actually serve as almost um as almost like a, a portfolio piece in a lot of ways because you are still showing that you have knowledge about mobile development and that you can do the job even though they're not actual apps but even if you do decide to build an actual app, put it out on the app store, that should be something that you should be blogging about your experiences, what it was like, what what mistakes you ran into, roadblocks you, you overcame, and what you plan on doing differently in the future would be an amazing um, blog article piece that I'm sure that the mobile community would love to share. And I, I, I feel like if you did something like that, you would have a really strong chance of being referred into a company. So if you were to just focus on content creation, which we could, if, if you're interested, we could dig a little bit deeper on that, on how to get started and things like that. But um, if you were to just focus on content creation, I think the other three would just kind of fall into place and you would end up um, doing everything that we're recommending to you um, by yeah. default. The, the internet is amazing in that you, it connects everyone with everyone. And when you start putting content out there, you're going to start attracting recruiters, other developers, other developers who work at companies who might need someone to fill a position, you know, and like Kyle said, you know, th those articles kind of advertise and prove your skills to everyone. You're going to go from applying for interviews and being a nobody to recruiters and people reaching out to interview you more as a formality. It's kind of like, hey, do you want this job? We already know you know how to do it. We've read you know, your code, we've read your content. So do you want it and when can you start? Those are the kinds of conversations you'll start to be having if people know you. So make yourself stick out. Don't be another face in the faceless millions of people online. Don't be another like resume or a job application that's just blind. If you do this, you'll start to notice a lot of change. Just be consistent with it and put out quality. And that's all you need to do. Eventually, you'll start to see, you know, people reaching out and all these opportunities 
being attracted to you automatically. So it's a really beautiful thing. It's kind of addictive too. And uh, yeah, me and Kyle highly recommend it. Yeah, and, so, and I'll say that it is a marathon, not a sprint, right? You could write a million articles in a week. It's not going to get you anywhere. So plan to do this long term. Start earlier so that when you're ready, you know, you have a body of work as opposed to waiting till the end of when you feel like, oh, I'm ready to start getting a job now. Now I'll start writing articles and now you only have two. Right. It'd be much better if you could do an article every week or something like that, maybe an article every two weeks. And if it took you six months to to do that right that's what four times six 24 12 so then you would have 12 articles that you can reflect on and add to your um add to your like portfolio and um in that time you'll actually start building a following within those six months so um you know you're in it for the long haul it's not return on investment right away but if you wait long enough and you keep consistent it'll pay off for sure Nice. Exactly. So let's go over to the audience feedback portion of the episode. So last week we tweeted that we tweeted out, what are some tips for marketing yourself as a developer? And we picked out about five responses that we wanted to share. So I'll, I'll take it away with the first one. This is by Jay Melody. And Jay Melody said, specialize in a single lane and provide lots of value in that lane. And I thought that was a really good tip because a lot of times we want to talk a little bit about everything. And if you talk about everything, you're competing with much bigger websites and much bigger companies that kind of cover a broader spectrum of topics. But if you choose like one niche thing, you can become kind of like the the master of that one little niche. So, you know, if you pick iOS and you specifically go into like core data or combine, you know, you could write a ton of content on that. You could still like do stuff like iOS in general, but if someone wants to know what the best book is on combine, it's the one you wrote, then, you know, that, that automatically puts you out on top. And the more you niche down, the less people you're competing with and the easier it is to become known for that one thing. So that's specialization is a huge, uh, a huge thing. And if you follow that tip, I think you'd be successful with it. Yeah. So I would, I would actually say like, um, this is like such an important thing. Thank you so much, Javier, for, for sending this in. Um, this is like a really important concept if you're really digging into the whole content creation aspect of it. But even if you're just marketing yourself, if you could just kind of, um, always focus on a specific like category of content, then that's really going to make you shine like a star. And what I mean by that is like, let's say that, um, you want to be the specialist in networking, right? And on iOS, you'd be maybe looking into something like URL session or Alamo fire. And then, um, I forgot what you use on Android, but like you would be using um, whatever frameworks that they pull in. I can't remember. It's bugging me now. But and essentially what you want to do is you don't want to focus on a framework by itself, but you want to focus on the actual uh, category or that entire concept um, as a whole, as opposed to um, just sticking to something very narrow. So Eman gave the example of core data, which is the persistence layer for iOS. Now you could be using something like SQLite on like um, 
on Android or on um, if you're doing cross-platform with Flutter. And the idea here is that you don't want to focus necessarily necessarily on SQLite or on um, core data. What you want to focus on focus on is persistence on the device because that's what those things do and this will allow you to have enough ideas to say okay how do i do this with sqlite how do i do this with core data what is actually happening when i use sqlite what is happening when i use core data what is what are some alternatives to using these things um why why and when would i be using these things because um then you're going to be able to understand all the different possibilities that are available to you as opposed to being stuck with just trying to focus on this one thing. Now you can definitely choose one of those frameworks and just really dig into it, but the value is really going to um, come if you stick to more of a category as opposed to a specific tool that is inside of that category, if that makes any sense. Yeah, makes total sense. All right, so I'll go next. Our buddy, uh, Jared Davidson, Architap, um, he said to be helpful, a little effort in helping someone goes a long way. So this is uh, this is like 100% true. I mean, it and there's like actually a lot to this, even though it's just a few words, right? So be helpful. And that helps not only the person that you're helping out, but it also helps you as the, the person that's trying to teach or um, inform somebody else, right? So like, let's say that you're just getting started and somebody has a question about like, how, how do I make this button, you know, call an action, right? And it's a pretty beginner uh, question, right? And you only know a couple of beginner concepts, but you know how to make that button call an action. And if you are the person that helped out the person that doesn't know how to call an action from a button, then you are forced to relay that information about how buttons and actions work together to another person and use the right words in, for them to actually understand it, which means that you have to fully understand the concept in order to teach it to somebody else. So helping somebody is helpful for them because you're helping support somebody in the community that may need some help but it's also helping you as a teacher because now you're really internalizing these concepts which you may only have like uh like just a grasp on them but you really fully understand them once you're able to teach them to somebody else exactly and uh, I always like the advice to just help people in general because when you put out value out there it not only like you said you get the benefit of really solidifying it in your own mind but also when you put out helpful content people that's what people are attracted to basically so you know it's a win-win when you when you help others that you'll they'll inevitably help you by focusing on you and looking at what you put out another thing i'll add to what jared davidson said is when you learn something that's complicated Let's say you had to build a feature for this project and you had to learn the ins and outs of some quirky little API. And you, when you write an article about that, not only are you helping someone else speed up the process of building a similar feature, you're also solidifying it in your mind and you're marketing yourself all at the same time. So helping people out, there's a lot of value in it that goes beyond just helping the person out. And, you know, so 
I agree, hundred percent. Very good advice. So let's go to Azam Sharp. I'm gonna actually combine Azam Sharp's advice with Mo Malaka. I, I hope I pronounced that correctly. So Azam said, "Be consistent. Blog every week. YouTube videos, and also speak at conferences." Speaking at conferences is one we haven't mentioned, but that's a big one. If you feel you've reached the point where you're comfortable with that, definitely, you know, submit your name. You know, it wouldn't hurt. People are very friendly in the community. I'd only say that do do that only if you have something to show for it. So if the conference looks you up, they shouldn't, you know, be taking a shot in the dark on you. They should be able to find your website or your YouTube channel or something that can kind of let them know that, you know your stuff and Mo said blog about your learnings so the these two basically reinforced everything we were saying content creation and helping others ends up coming back and helping you as well so you have to give in order to receive same exact principle here uh yep. kyle you could take go ahead and take away the last one all right so we have a tweet from tim that says finding your audience regularly sharing your work with them which not i mean work in progress them never seen that fail to garner respect and admiration so this is such a great uh, this is such great advice because if you are continuously showing what you're working on it actually makes for great documentation of like all the things that you've been through if you're turning that documentation into essentially articles you're just writing a little you know like 250 word you know paragraph on what it is that you're doing and what you're going through and what's what's the next thing to do that's such a great way to share what what you're doing to to start marketing yourself as a developer and have all that stuff searchable online and the the community really loves that so if you're able to share that work with them on you know twitter or through your own blog then it it really does uh propel you further by marketing yourself even better and and just showing all the little intricate steps that are involved with whatever project that you're working on exactly and that's about it that's marketing yourself as a developer we could jump into any one of these subtopics on its own and if anyone wants that you know just tweet us and let us know we thought it'd be helpful to just do a broad overview for the first time so yeah like like we said we could talk we could talk all day about any any of these points like there's so much to unpack in regards to like getting started and like un and and understanding how each step actually works so if you really are interested in something like content creation or the whole entire build your website versus um you know wordpress and and you know what uh, what other site builders there are then feel free to let us know and we'll definitely cover that for you but that's going to be it for today hope that you enjoyed another episode of the code passionately podcast eman you want to let them know where they can find you yes on twitter i'm at eman harut e-m-a-n-h-a-r-o-u-t Yep, and you can find me on Twitter as well at Kilo underscore Loco. That's at K-I-L-O underscore L-O-C-O. So that's going to be it for today. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Thank you so much for listening or watching. And above all else, make sure you go out there and you keep coding passionately.